Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander and as always I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello gentlemen. Hello gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies and see if they hold up in watching from a modern cinematic perspective. You can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. So on today's episode, we are going to be uh, providing a review of the classic film Point Break. The ultimate rush is nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. Total commitment. It's a real thin line between life and death. I'm not a crook. Not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. We'll take you to the edge. Past it. This is going to be a great day, Johnny. The taxpayers of Lancaster, Utah, they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls. Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Adios, amigo! Classic. We're providing it? We'll provi- we'll provide it. We're providing <laughs> a service. It's a service. It's a service. Yeah, we are providing a service yeah. to the world. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Point Break is a film that came out in 1991, and the reason I wanted to do it is actually I originally wanted to do Fast and the Furious. It's because we're going to do all Patrick Swayze movies from yeah, now on. Yeah, we are only going to be a Swayze podcast uh, because we did <laughs> Ghost last time. But no, the uh, I wanted to do Fast and the Furious because I'm kind of fascinated by that series and how it like started as like a bad movie that somehow is the most profitable franchise of all time. Um, but is it really? It, well, it's one. I mean, not one of. If it is, it is a very sure. profitable franchise. It's right? significant. Yeah, it's it's, like, and and each one becomes. It seems to do. Make I mean, there's literally the there are eight movies in that that it's a whole cinematic universe of car racing. But <laughs> the the thing that's most amazing to me is that the original Fast and the Furious is essentially a rehash of Point Break. It's just with a different milieu. So there's a bizarre world where we're on Point Break 8. There's yeah, there's a bizarre world where there's eight point breaks. But the thing is a uh, Point Break um you know, the story is an FBI agent goes undercover to catch a gang of surfers who may be bank robbers, right? Well, Fast and the Furious is that exact same plot, except instead of being surfers, they're street racers, you know? So it's, you know, so it's about the FBI agent who befriends the robber and all that good stuff. So we're going back to the source, as the young kid said, surfing is the source uh, in the movie. Um, it, this movie's directed yeah, by... The source of what, though? It's the source. Everything. It's just the source Life. of everything, man. Come on, Dave, come on. Uh, Catherine Bigelow is the director. Uh, she, um, at the time, was famous for being married to James Cameron. She's now famous for being one of the most, I guess, um, 
I don't, well, how would you describe her, Dave? She's like one of the most famous filmmakers now or one of the most acclaimed filmmakers now? She did Zero Dark Thirty. She yeah. did Hurt Locker. I'd say she was a, an action director in the 80s and 90s who has uh, kind of switched gears Switched gears in the 2000s and became more of a, um, you know, I think her interests changed. She became more interested in mili- obviously military and historical based dramas. And she's yeah, she's got a movie called Detroit coming out uh, this summer, which mm-hmm. is about the Detroit riots. Yep. Um, so yeah, she's an action director. Uh, this movie the only woman to ever win the best uh, director Oscar, right? Uh, for her for Locker? the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Uh, um, she uh, then oh she won for that. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, the movie stars Patrick Swayze. As I said, it stars Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Patrick Swayze. And Point Break is kind of one of these movies that just exists as... Uh, uh, what, what's the term I like to use, Mike? In its, oh, it's, oh, it could be in its own milieu. No, no, it no. Could it, be, it's oh, a cultural touchstone it's a cultural or in touchstone. the cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> cultural zeitgeist. And I would yeah. say that Point Break is very much in the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, it's a film that has spawned... Uh, Live stage readings of it. There is uh, it became I, a cult film, which is weird for an action film to become a cult film. Well, I mean, there are literally like shows in L.A. every couple weeks where they like put on Point Break mm. and they like you know reenact it. It's been referenced in other movies, movies so like Hot weird. Fuzz and um, it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show of uh, action films. Yeah, it's a movie that kind <laughs> of has taken on a lot of life beyond you know that initial the, uh, initial movie. So I'm not gonna ask you guys whether this movie is good. I, I think I think the um, I think this movie is g- great. Okay, but there are two Ooh. ways you can. View, well, hold on, hold on. Wow. Strong two, words. Okay. There are two ways you can view that. Is hmm. this movie great as in it's actually a good movie, or is it great in that it's so bad it's good? Uh, I think there. I think you have to either fall on either line of that kind mm. of spectrum when it comes mm. to Point Break. And I guess my question is, Mike, where do you fall on that line? I fall right in the middle of those two lines. Damn it's it. a third unforeseen <laughs> line. It's a dotted line, so it's easy to miss. It's a parabola. Um, <laughs> no, I, I okay. I will. Lean it's a sine. It's a sine. It's a sine wave. It, it is. It is. It does kind of meander back and forth, scene to scene. I'd even say line by line. Uh, generally, Keanu Reeves lines. It, it meanders onto bad, and then it goes back when it goes to Keanu. Uh, what's his name? The uh, Swayze. Patrick Swayze's lines. Yeah. No, Woody? I think overall, I, I um. I, I came into it expecting a dumb 80s surfer action movie. I don't even comment to my fiance. Is there a like, lot of those? Um, I, like, it just seemed, no, it so, just seemed, everything about it seemed dumb. Like, it is, Gary Busey it, and Keanu well, Reeves, that is man, true. <laughs> are gonna, gonna catch a bunch of surfboarding criminals, man. Like, what, what? Come on. And I'm like, at some point, it's just wait so, for it. There's gonna be a machine gun chase on surfboards in the waves. I'm just waiting for it. It's so then, 90s, um, right? Like the idea of like surfing was like it was like surfing was super cool in the 90s, yeah. and like it's just everything about this movie reeks 90s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, For yeah. Sure. I said 80s earlier. I meant I meant 90s, right? Like but early think, 90s, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think uh, I I was pleasantly surprised. I think going into it prepared for that maybe helped me like it more. Um, but I, I want to say that I think I like Keanu Reeves a lot. I think he's very charismatic. I think he's just a cool guy. Um, but he's a terrible actor. Um, I still enjoy watching him in movies. It's just certain lines you're just like, oh, dude, oh, okay. Um, but uh, I think Patrick Swayze like nails it. I, I really believe this character exists. I believe that that Bodhi is a real dude, and this makes sense to me. Like you know, like there, there's like, I think he just sells it. Um, whereas the street biker, like the street surfer gang, like those dudes, just they seem like okay, they're like a movie tough guy gang. I get it, but. 
By the way, did you notice that one of them is the singer for the, the lead Red singer for the Red Hot Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, yeah, of course, Kiedis, Mr. Kiedis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, Mike. I think that Swayze is a tour de force in Point Break. I think he's incredible, yeah. and I think that Bodie is the best part of the movie. But oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave. Uh, are you in the so bad it's good category, or are you in the it's a good action movie category? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd put it in either one of those categories. God either. damn it! Sorry, oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. on a dotted line. Like you really it. want this hypothesis to be correct? So I call this movie Hippie Top Gun, and I think that's probably. Yeah, does that make sense? It, I call it, I, Hippie it Top. does. It does. That's what I felt <laughs> because, like going into it. I'm like, it's going to be another Top Gun. I don't. I think it's better than Top Gun, though. I think Top Gun is. Boring. I agree. I agree. I agree. This is a better movie than Top Gun. Uh, there's an artistry to this movie. Even uh, you know, Tony Scott directed Top Gun. I would consider him an artist, but Catherine Bigelow is is a more, uh, you know, an auteur. And more, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly where she is. They're both, but I mean, I'm not saying that she is and he isn't. They're both. Anyway, uh, so what is there to say about this movie? I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, there are some absolutely batshit insane things ha- that happen. That y- yeah. y- when you watch them, you're like, wow. Okay, so this this is a unique film. This idea of surfing bank, uh, of surfing bank robbers. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> sounds so. Strange. And an under- undercover. Uh, you know, they dress up like the ex presidents. Uh, chased by uh, you know FBI agent who is the most unconvincing FBI agent you could possibly yeah. uh, imagine. Um, you know it's a very unique film and it's I'd say it's very well made. Uh, Catherine Catherine Bigelow is just a good director. I mean she's made some really interesting her films. She has it's there's quite the variety. Have you guys seen the movie Strange Days with R- Ray Fiennes? I have. And, it's been a long Angela time Bassett. though. It's about uh, virtual reality. Right, right. It's, it's about it, VR. Came out in '95, and I think it takes place in 2000. And it's about VR and the future of uh, virtual reality and how it's traded on the black market. It's 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 hmm. a strange movie. Strange Days, haha, strange movie. Um, and Nailed I think it. that's the movie she made after <laughs> after this one. So you know she goes right from like this straight up uh, action movie. To you know, uh, kind of an apocalyptic, uh, futuristic, whatever, whatever. Strange days you would consider strange days. She made a submarine thriller with Harrison Ford, K nineteen, uh, the Widowmaker, right? K nineteen, uh, and uh, the Hurt Locker, which is an incredible movie uh, about uh, bomb. Um, uh, what would you call them? About the bomb squad in uh, Iraq, and uh, you know, and Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, that that was. I thought that was an amazing movie too. Anyway, Point Break is an amazingly well-made movie, but it has so like the the script is so self-serious and so uh, you know over the top with with the dialogue and Keanu Reeves' delivery of a lot of those lines. Just you know, it's it's almost that's where it falls into the category where I think where you're calling it so bad it's good. It's mostly with the um, you know. The, well, uh, I, I I guess my question is. I mean, I think some of the dialogue is just horrendous in this movie. But yes. I, 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 my, I guess my question is, though, doesn't some of the onus of what Keanu is doing fall on Catherine Bigelow as a director? Like, isn't she somewhat responsible agree. for what he's doing in this movie? Which yeah. is not good. Here's uh, what I would say about Keanu Reeves in most movies, uh, is that uh, I believe... I don't always believe that his body believes what his mouth is saying, <laughs> or maybe it's, maybe it's the reverse. I don't believe that his mouth, but he's he's able to convey things very believably in a physical way. But the way things come out of his mouth sometimes sounds so dopey, and it's partly just his inflection and his accent. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's the way he says things. It's just, just a little, yeah. But the way he looks no way. when he says things, he you know that, that's also part of acting. He he looks convincing. You know, in in the Matrix, I think is the perfect. It was has always been, you know that that's uh, the perfect role for Keanu Reeves because he has to spend so much of that time 
kind of uh, in a daze, you know, and he has that kind of it's a, <laughs> like his natural state is to kind of be in like a whoa, like a like a you know. A, it's getting harsh. Eternal, man, eternal getting... days. Well, I mean, I, you know, I I like Keanu Reeves. I like him as a uh, presence in movies. So even when he, uh, you know, when he's put in, and he, this is like almost a good role for him. I would say he, he's a better fit in, in Speed. I felt I thought he was better, uh, you know, cast in that movie, uh, which we reviewed here. Um, right but, here. Uh, but yeah, like you know, I don't know if I really buy him as like a. Ex football star. Well, okay. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, going on that, um, just talking about Keanu Reeves a bit, I think that Keanu Reeves is kind of like a blunt tool. And I think we talked about this in Speed is that if he's used properly, like in John Wick or he, he or even Matrix. The Matrix, mm-hmm. he is great because he kind of fits that mold for him. Even in Bill and Ted's, he kind of works. Oh, yeah. Here's definitely. why he's awful in this movie. And it's not just the <laughs> fact that he's, uh, he's act, he says things badly. He's incredibly miscast. And let me explain why. So the movie ostensibly is about a Midwestern, like, corn-fed, all-American white guy who, go, you know, goes out to L.A., like, you know, the, the hippie West Coast and, you know, find joy in surfing, right? So you can't cast a surfer dude who's already a surfer dude in that yeah. role. You need <laughs> yeah, to you're ca- right. You're you need right. to cast, like, a crew-cut It's like Jack guy. Nicholson in The Shining, the same problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah it, it is the same problem. And so he's, like, he's already sounds like a surfer guy at the start of the movie, and he hasn't started surfing, and that's a huge yeah. problem. His name is Keanu Reeves, and he grew up in Hawaii. Like, it's, 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 it's woefully Wait, miscast. his name is Johnny Utah, and he probably grew up in Kentucky. He grew up in, he grew up right, in, exactly. in, in Ohio. Name, like, in Ohio. So that's yeah. the thing. I think you have the name Johnny Utah, and he's just – he's not he, – like you're saying exactly. I think he was cast because he's probably the hot thing at the time, and he's a good-looking dude, and there's going to be a lot of topless photos. Like, yeah, just get this heartthrob in, and that'll be fine. <laughs> What's that? Shirtless photos. <laughs> topless <laughs> Men, men are shirtless. Did I say topless? Did yeah. I say topless? Men are shirtless. Women are topless. But anyway, continue. Well, I mean, yeah, he didn't have his top on either. It's just. <laughs> Excuse me while I put on this top, dudes. Full frontal Keanu. Well, half frontal Keanu Nudy. You saw his boobs in this movie, dude. Seriously. Yeah, a lot of man A number of times. It was gratuitous. Well, I mean, I, I was wondering, like, I, I mean, I, the problem is I can only think of current actors, but like the guy you put in this role is Bradley Cooper, or you know, yeah. like or or Chris Evans, like the guy that looks all American white guy, yeah. and he so he yeah. has the culture shock of I going think you're from spot the on Bradley Cooper actually. Um, yeah. But then you get freaking, you know, cowabunga dude Keanu Reeves coming in. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you're our, wait, you don't surf, you definitely surf. And, and it, well, isn't part of that just? how we understand and know Keanu Reeves now 25 years later I mean it's because you know we uh, dude didn't get a start in Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure I mean you don't get much more yeah you don't get much more dude. yeah but he wasn't really a surfer dude in that he, he was, was totally he was like a, that dude he was, a, he was a rock and roll stoner kid in high school but he he's, he, he, was, he was a play he was, they were playing off of Sean Penn's uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High no but he, he's playing a Southern California like valley dude and yeah. that's what he's he is so yeah, you, it's hard so. it, it's so weird that 
Anyway, he was cast. And, and it's even more bizarre that they give this character this elaborate backstory of being a star football player at Ohio State University, which is one of the best football programs in the country. Um, and he injured his leg. And it, I have a lot of issues with the lot. Like, the movie has no logic yeah. in the sense that I get... There's I, a lot of plot holes in like, oh, really? You wouldn't check with that department before you raid a house? Like, oh, there's, yeah, no, like there's a lot of things like that. Uh, you know, my wife watched this with me and she was surprisingly into the movie throughout. But every time something like that... That happened, like Mike, like you said, when they raid the Red Hot Chili Peppers gang's house. She's like, "Are you telling me they wouldn't like check out this ahead of time?" Or she's like, "You know, I guess there's no Google, but you would know that the star quarterback from Ohio State University's parents didn't die in a car crash, and you would right. know, and like, you would know that he's he's a cop now, like especially FBI. Like you would know this stuff. People would probably hear about it. Like maybe. So all like, I mean, maybe right? Yeah, but yeah, you know." All the like logistical like like logic of cop stuff in this movie is garbage. Like it just <laughs> does not work whatsoever. That being said, here's what's awesome about the movie and like legitimately good. Catherine Bigelow, as Mike said, is a very capable action director. I think that foot chase is intense and really well done. Yeah, she, it is. It's like actually, a tour. Yeah. It's like a tour of every part of L.A. Somehow. Yeah, it's. Yep. It's, they, it's, they, they get the uh, the the what's it called the reservoir, the canal, the uh, Los Angeles River. That, that, uh, we're talking about the foot chase that takes place after the bank robbery. Yeah, yeah. Right, when, yeah. When, and, and, you know, which which ends with Keanu Reeves being unable to shoot his friend and shooting up in the air in anger. Right. But the the thing about that sequence is that this whole movie is pretty much shot on steady cam at least for all the major action sequences even the opening walk and talk when they're being uh, led by the most stereotypical FBI like oh, yeah. John C. McGinley John, John C. McGinley of yeah. Scrubs fame yeah. Um, yeah he um like even that scene is shot in steady cam with a constantly kinetic movement so yeah. and and then I think the surfing stuff looks beautiful like yeah, it, it looks amazing yeah. I, and I don't know if they're actually surfing or if they got really amazing stunt doubles or whatever I, I think it's probably a mix because some of that stuff there's no way you'll be able to teach someone that from what I read they learn they learn to kind surf, of surf for the movie I mean it would be but silly it, not to but it looks I mean all that stuff looks great um, and I think really is a testament to how this movie holds up um, I. I kind of like this crazy weird concept that seems high like it seems really stupid but at the same time I like this idea of like they're surfer bank robbers man like I kind of dig that and I I real my favorite thing about the movie as Mike said is the character of Bodie because Bodie is full of shit but yeah. I love yeah. that he's full and he knows he's full of shit and I think that's awesome I think that's a really cool character turn in this movie where he you know he goes in all this thing about kumbaya and I could never hurt somebody and I'm, I believe in peace and nature and then he starts he kills people and you know violence begets violence and he starts you know basically he's he's very uh, easily sells out his morals I think we only see right. him kill one person right that's the cop that chooses his friend <laughs> but, I, the, uh... but I think it's very much I think it's very much I think it's very interesting to have like this guy who's built up the, he, I think he believes his own shit Except I, comes- I think he does believe it to a certain extent, right? And I think that w- what we witness is we witness the wheels coming off, right? Like, I think he is, for the most part, he does believe this stuff. But when push comes to shove, he starts questioning a lot of his values. And he starts going back on stuff. Because the other, his, th- you know, the thrill of the chase, the thrill of, you know, the ride, the ultimate, I guess he calls it. Like, that always takes precedence. So for him, he does start selling out and it comes down to he's just stripped away all he is at the end is somebody who just needs to chase these adrenaline highs and these rushes and that's it that's all he is so everything else that surrounds that he has his his philosophy and his his logic and his reasoning but 
by the end of the movie, it just comes down to that he he loves the thrill of, of doing something and almost getting caught, but not. The danger is really what he's attracted to. And that's what he sees in, in Keanu and uh, Keanu's character. Johnny Utah has that same that same desire, the thrill of the chase, of getting his man, of you know scoring the goal, of doing whatever, you know? So I feel like that's what, what they bond over. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that that kind of relationship is interesting. And I mean, Keanu's turn like to becoming like a thrill-seeking nut job at the end of the movie <laughs> is a little abrupt and the sequence at the end the climax the second plane jump when he jumps out of the plane without a parachute and says oh fuck it and he, like just jumps out of the yeah. plane <laughs> is terrible uh and makes no it's logical. terrible for some like i don't know something about that in the context of the movie if you, you buy that these guys are adrenaline junkies <laughs> and you realize, like, okay, either he sits in that plane and they just disappear, and, like, the game is over, or he's like, I gotta at least try to... And he's already gone down the plane once, so he knows how to kind of, like, move himself around. It's feasible that maybe someone would decide that, like, I gotta go after this guy and try to, you know... I actually think it's a pretty, you know, realism aside, I think it's a pretty well-engineered scene, especially because they come, it gets to the point where he has to pull the shoot because the other guy, can't, he won't do it, Bodie won't do it, he has to pull the shoot, and if he does, he has to drop his gun. And I think the way they explain that in like two or three lines is like, all right, I, I get the stakes. That's, that's not bad. Maybe it's just the lead up, like Keanu's performance there when he, like, maybe, yeah, like, maybe, right, right. Maybe Keanu has progressed as an actor. Like this is kind of the beginning of his rise to stardom. But holy crap, uh, that line uh, uh, right? Yeah, no, his I'm not. always been like a like a. Uh, it's a wave. It's, it ebbs and flows. You know, like the quality of his acting, I would say, or quality of his film. So, you know. He's, uh, you know, he was really good in some. I, mean, I, I think he's legitimately good in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And uh, there's another movie called River's Edge that he was in in the in the 80s where he's also pretty good. And he plays, but he's a teenager. He's playing like a dopey teenager, which is perfect. <laughs> you, which is perfect. I feel like, like Dave, you said it earlier, and I agree. I think when he's in quote unquote in a daze, I feel like he can do stoic characters. Any any scene where he has to look cool standing still and do minimal action and, and, and minimal things to do, I think he works best there. When he has to kind of get real in certain scenes or really like plumb the depths of his humanity, I think that's where he kind of he struggles there. Well, there are some situ- there are some movies where he legitimately sells you know, or he goes beyond that that kind of just still do- or, or dopey, whatever we call it, in a day's kind of quality. Like in John Wick, I feel like he's you know, he doesn't say a lot in John Wick but when he does, I in those films I feel like he's very believable in. Um, you know, an entertaining and charismatic. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I haven't seen any of the, the, the John Wick films, but it sounds like his the range of maybe the delivery has is is pretty. It's just like stoic dude with a gun, right? Or is there am I missing something? No, I think that's about right. I, I, Keanu Reeves is also really bad anytime you put him in a a, a period piece that takes place in the past. Oh, like sure. Like any kind of like, Dracula he, for sure. <laughs> like Dracula. I think he was in a um, wasn't he in a Shakespeare movie uh, at oh, one point? Yeah. And he is also in a movie called A Walk in the Clouds, which uh-huh. he's just garbage in as well. So um, it, it's <laughs> Poor just again, Keanu. again, it's it, it's using him as a blunt tool. Uh, and, and this is the thing too. Like I, I don't know if any of you've seen it. Like I like him as a person. Have you seen the video of him on the subway giving up a seat for you know? So first of all, the dude rides his subway in Manhattan like all the time apparently. And there's a video of him on the internet like giving up a seat for an old lady on the metro on the the subway in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, we're not I'm talking like, about just... Keanu Reeves the person. I mean, he's, he's probably a great guy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it in there because we're, I mean, we're on topic, right? We're talking about Keanu Reeves, so I'm going to tell you about his extracurricular activities, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
There are other people we, in this movie. We have Gary Busey. We have Laurie Petty. We have we have a girl so, yeah, in this movie. I, well, I do want to talk about Laurie Petty um, because I think her character is interesting. But real quickly, um, is this prior to Gary Busey's, Busey's accident? Where I he think lost? this is right after from what I read. Okay, so that makes sense because he's completely unhinged and yeah. uh, complete. Like uh, there was a phrase that uh, Werner Herzog has. Uh, in relationship to um, Nicolas Cage when he was on Bad Lieutenant. He told Nicolas Cage to unleash the pigs oh. uh, to, to let the craziness go. <laughs> wow. Uh, basically, this entire movie is, it feels like Werner Herzog like, was whispering in Gary Busey's ear, unleash the pigs, For Gary. some of it. For some of it, for sure. <laughs> it's just every line is just like, it just I want two Utah. Two. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, though. This is a yeah. lot. He's come a long way. I feel like this is definitely a step down from his, you know, hunting season's over, butthorns kind of thing. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a contained role for him. It's not his normal insanity, right? I don't know. Yeah, man. I'd, I'd say he's pretty restrained here compared to <laughs> compared. Well, compared to some of the compared other. Compared to what you've seen him in. Well, have you seen? Done. Have you seen? Okay, so have you seen uh, Under Siege, uh, the Steven Seagal movie? Yeah, of course. Okay, so it, well, wait, is it? Is it? Wait, is. <laughs> Isn't Gary the, Busey is one of the bad guys in that. No, wait, isn't uh, Tommy Lee Jones the bad guy in Under Tommy Siege? Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey are in that. I think probably they are trying to one-up each other and, like, who could be <laughs> more over the top. <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm more over the top. <laughs> so, um, But, but G- Gary Busey has some... Maybe it's just that there are certain lines that are that stand out so much. The the meatball sub one being one of them. Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah. The scene where he blindfolds himself and, and he and, jumps and it, for whatever flip, reason. And then he, the way he jumps into that pool at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. he's like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, we... we the only Gary, Bu- the only movie with Gary Busey in it that I think we've talked about uh, on this podcast is *Lethal Weapon*, which is such a different, you know. In that movie, he barely says anything. Yeah, that's a like. lot more restrained. <laughs> so it's interesting because he's got he, he does have a unique. Every person in this, I would say, has a unique quality to them. You know, there's no bland performances in this movie. I would say. I mean, even Ke- you can't call Keanu Reeves' performance bland. No, it's you can just call bad, it bad, but, but it's yeah. definitely not bland. He's making. Cho- I mean, it's a definite choice to put him in this movie. I mean, it does. It has personality. I, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do want to talk about. <laughs> definitely. I do want to talk about Laurie Petty um, because Laurie Petty is an interesting actor. The love interest. The love interest, Tyler. Um, even the female in this movie has, has a, a man's has name. Has a man's yeah. name. Um, but I like Tyler because. She, unfortunately, towards the end of the movie, which I don't like so much, she she fills that damsel in distress role. Right. But leading up to that, she doesn't, and I I, I do think that um, and 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 they make her sexy in a way that's not like um, objectifyingly sexy. I feel like they don't. Yeah. It, it's not. Um, I don't know. I, they, I feel like they're not uh, like. I guess there is stuff where she, they, they linger on her in ways that feels a little icky, but for the same time, for some reason, I, I think... Keanu like, scoping her out with the binoculars. The but, he, but even when he's scoping her out, what she's doing isn't, like, so, like, taboo that it's like, oh, I feel uh, dirty watching she's this. She's changing her out of her bathing suit. I, people do that at the beach all the time. Yeah, and, and that's yeah like, but context... I don't know. Super <laughs> icky. I've done that at the beach all the time. Scoped at women while they changed? That's oh, no, 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 no. That's good to know. No, that's fine. No, no, no. I've changed Not, at the not beach surprising, really. <laughs> that does fit my persona. I <laughs> but what did you guys think about uh, Tyler as a character? I think she's good. I mean, she's. I don't know how much she's really given to do a whole she, lot. I was never know. quite sure how she fit into the... I mean, she used to be uh, Patrick Swayze's girlfriend is, is what I got. Or but, I, I'm, but, or but why? But, yeah. but I never quite understood why she's still hanging around these guys. 
Is it because they, they're surfing on the same beach that she likes to surf on? It's like the, it? part of that crowd, part of that group. Like, she just, you know. I, you, yeah, you I mean, know. I, I never quite got that. I mean, you're, you're supposed to, I mean, I think the idea is that, that she has this bond with these group of guys, and that is uh, Keanu Reeves' uh, way of getting into this gang of surfers. Right, 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 right. Um, and I don't know, I ever really quite bought the bond between her and that group, but I thought she and Keanu Reeves together were, were pretty, uh, pretty good match. Do you think that then, basically you're saying that she's she and, exists to service the plot, not as a character? I feel like it, yeah. Do you agree yeah. with that, Mike? Uh, to a degree. I think she's. they give her just enough depth to... Uh, you know, I I don't think she's the most. Um, I think it's just Lori Petty's quirky qualities that she she's kind of she she's not your traditional nineties. Um, you know, is hard thro- is it hard throb for women? No, <laughs> she is. She strikes me you as know? like the eighties, the eighties, the short hair, like sort of like the punk rock style, like something. It's it felt very eighties, nineties to me. And she's an um, act, she, sure. she's an actor that like kind of always. Um, She's got kind of like the Janine from Ghostbusters accent, the right. New York accent. Come on, you know. Sort of. But, I mean, she played. She was in A League of Their Own, Free Willy, right. um, In the Army Now, Tank Girl. She played like these alt romantic Oh, interests. she was Tank Girl. Okay. Right. And yeah. she and she has, uh, she's on Oranges of the New Black, which she, 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 you would never recognize her. <laughs> except oh, her voice. She? she plays uh, Lottie on Oranges the, of the New crazy, Black. Uh, the crazy woman with short gray hair. Yeah. No, oh, I, I I didn't watch past season one. So. Well, she oh. doesn't get introduced until season two, I believe. There you go. So. Well, there, there you go. go. That's why I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, she's kind of like the alt, the alt sexy thing that people were uh, that was really hip and like it's like the punk rock attractiveness. Yeah, that right. Was popular exactly. in like the late eighties, early nineties. I guess in some ways you could compare it to Demi Demi Moore and Ghost. That is yep. true. Demi Moore yeah. and Ghost. What's her name in uh, uh, Halt Catch Fire? Like the, it's the short hair pixie look. Like yeah. It, uh, Cameron Howe, the one who put Cameron Howe, thank you. An yeah. early manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> well, ma- no, she's not a manic pixie dream girl. Though. Not really. She's, dream, not really. No, that's like the, that. That that archetype is like the Garden State, like sure. Natalie Portman type thing. It's like she doesn't serve it. She's not existing just to make Keanu Reeves' life happy, but she is servicing the plot in very convenient ways that feel almost a little lazy uh, because. Uh, like as you said, she's like she is the way that he gets connected with Bodhi's gang. But again, that feels kind of ham-fisted in the way it it's executed and so forth. So um, I don't know. I'm kind of ambivalent about so, her. Correct me if I'm wrong about this, by the way. Re- so uh, Johnny Utah, he doesn't know that Bodhi's gang is the gang he's looking for until. He sees that dude's ass, and then he's like, "I've seen that ass before." Exactly. Yeah. No. I'm not joking. Why does it take him so long to figure it out? I don't that, know. He's kind of an idiot, and and literally, <laughs> this is the only movie I can think of where mooning is the reveal of a major. Plot <laughs> like the, the close-up of a man's ass. Like it's like it, it was the usual suspects moment in this movie is Keanu Reeves seeing a man's ass. Like well, the, the best part about it too is it's not even like he had like some ink still on there and it was smudged or whatever. It's like he literally just he's like, wait a minute, I've seen that ass, but I would never forget an ass like that. I know that one. I'll it never is, forget that. It is pretty amazing that that is what links it all together. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of bonkers that it takes him so long to figure this out. Um, and it's even the thing that I find even more confusing is the foot chase happens, right? And then Bodie's gang takes him on the the uh, the, uh, the the skydive jump, right? Like Keanu's got to know that something's up. Like is he is he a freaking idiot? Like well, yeah, well he 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 knows something's. I think he thinks something's going on because he tries to bring his gun with him and then he kind of can't covertly grab it in time, so they rush him out. 
So I think he's aware of something is happening, but I think he might think that like, maybe I'm okay. Maybe he doesn't know yet. Maybe he doesn't, you know. How does he not um, know? He literally chased him. Like, he saw who was chasing him. Like, it, it's just, it is nuts Yeah, to I, I never understood but maybe that. Yeah, how does, yeah, how does Bodhi, yeah, how does, are they, are they far enough apart that Bodhi just doesn't see him? But Bodhi doesn't does know sense. it's him. Because in the next scene, he's like, FBI But he doesn't, agent. he doesn't know if he knows. It's one, it's one uh, of those things. How things. is that, how is that, like, I, if I'm Keanu Reeves, I'm like, hey, uh, Bodhi, I know you know that I'm an FBI agent. Maybe we shouldn't go skydiving together. I mean, the Reagan right mask had eye holes in it. Of course, he's going to be able to see him. Does he you know? know for sure, though? I'm trying to think. Does he know for sure that that's him? He doesn't shoot him because he knows it's Bodhi. Yeah. Wait, but no, a hundred percent. Has there been any kind of hard evidence, or is it still his hunch? And he still thinks it's them, and he's trying to figure it out. I, it's I mean, possible well, that he's thinking that you know maybe I don't know for sure. Yeah, there's no other reason for him to point the gun and dramatically shoot up into the sky. And but even <laughs> he might think, okay, you know what? It might not be him, but just in case it is. I mean, yes, I agree. I think he does think and know pretty for certain. I'm just trying to make no, excuses knows. for the movie. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, I, I think that it's one of those things where it just – it's where the movie – it's like this entire movie has a lot of these instances where the plot just needs to keep going and we just have to ignore like the logic around, you know, it's just like we, we're going to get there. We have to do this. Just bear with us because we, we need to get them skydiving so we can a get that beautifully shot skydiving sequence. Yeah. Which is, that's actually really awesome. I, I it is super cool. And I, I'm yeah. wondering how they actually shot it. And especially in 1991, it's not like, you know, you, you in order to have a camera up there, you have to have like a legit big camera. Sure. Right. So I, I, I thought that was and really see, like that. And, and that's actually one of the things I really, one of the points in the movie, I think I really like because the, you have the complexity of Bodhi's character where he's a criminal, but he is, very likable he's very charismatic and he does have a friendship with with Johnny Utah and I think that scene really cements it where you go skydiving for the first time with a bunch of dudes I feel like that is a bonding experience like diving to your death and then especially when they pull off that maneuver where everyone kind of like links arms and like gets in the circle like you come out of that and I'm like yeah I believe it they're like best bros for life now and they come right off of that into the truck and then he shows them the video and I'm like, like that's oh man that's rough so I think like that that's that's like I, I enjoy that scene I enjoy the context and I also enjoyed the just like the sick mind of Bo- uh, Bodhi to be able to do that to somebody. Like, hey, we're best buddies. All right. Now, uh, by the way, I'm going to kill your woman. <laughs> what? And even his, his woman, line. You're going to rob this bank with me, right? Yeah. And I, the line where he talks about his, his friend who's going to kill her. He's like, no, nah, man, he'll do it. He has this, this beautiful gift, this blankness. Like, he'll just kill the person. He doesn't care. Like, that's just another, like, that's, you're, you're weird, man. You've got something <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> Um, well, the, he just doesn't want to get caught, you know. It's a survival mechanism. Yeah, the, yeah, sure. But uh, no, I agree with Mike. I think that turns really good. It's just it doesn't make any logical sense that Keanu Reeves would even go there. I, I think there needed to be some way. I, I think his ob- hand is kind of forced, right? Because he answers the door not expecting them. I feel like he's caught off guard, and he doesn't have a chance to really react or process what's going on. Yeah, or yeah, it's really. What, what do you do in that situation? Like, let's say you know, if you just say you call him out, where he's got three of his buddies there, they're going to beat the shit out of you. Like, what? what so how do you get out of that situation? I feel like you're kind of under the guise of maybe he's like acting like maybe I don't, maybe he thinks I don't know that's him yet. So maybe I'm going to try to like outsmart, you know, like. I, or we I, I, both I, know we know, but we're too scared to admit that we know type thing. Yeah, or maybe he doesn't. Yeah, he's not going to do anything. Maybe he's going to be, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree, though. I agree. I feel like at that point there should have been something where maybe he looks out the window first and then dodges out the back door and he and then he grabs him and he, maybe they find him out in the back or something like that. Something needed to be, because just for him, it just seems like he does go along too easily. 
Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, we're making we're, we're sitting here making up excuses to try to make it work for ourselves because we do like it. But no, that's like the thing. The movie, I, but, that's the thing. It's a very flawed movie, but somehow it's still pretty enjoyable to watch. Like I enjoyed yeah. watching it. I I found the movie entertaining. I wasn't ever really bored. Um, I think that. You know, in, in a lot of ways where if I watch an action movie nowadays, I get bored very easily and I often Oh, yeah, out. I check out. And, I, now, and, yeah. I, and, I'm tr- and I'm trying to figure out what is it about Point Break that you don't do that. Like, you, it still isn't an it always comes, movie. I, I've always said this about action movies. It's like, you, it's, it's like two things. You have to have some form of stakes, but you also have to be invested in the story and the characters. When you have an action scene with no stakes, you don't care. And I, that's a problem with a lot of movies now is like you just know everything is so over the top ridiculous that you're like, yeah, he's going to make that jump and he's going to be fine. Everything's okay. In this, I mean, he makes a jump and like busts his leg. He can't get up. Like there's there's stakes there. You know that he has a bad leg and you know that could come back and haunt him. You know that like what is he going to do when he catches him? It's his friend. What happens there? Like what's going to happen when he actually gets his, his you know, his quarry? What, what is he going to do? Is he going to unmask him and be like, now you got to come with me? Like how is that going to work? So I think you have elements that are, there's emotional elements that are keeping you invested as a viewer because you care about what's actually happening and you care about the outcome. No, I, I think that's a good, I think that's an astute point. And the reason it is an astute point is that they remade this movie last year or two years sure, ago, sure. Uh, Point Break, and it did horribly yeah. at the box office. And, the, and if you look at, I, I haven't seen the movie, but Dave, have you seen it? I, I watched like a few minutes of it. You know, it's not you know. glanced at it. But the, re- the reason it's a, go, I, it's a GoPro movie. The reason, <laughs> it's an ad for GoPro. Well, the, the reason I um, think that movie did so badly and was so poorly received and you know people didn't like it is they thought the reason people liked Point Break was, was, that, the it was about, that it was about surfing and skydiving. And extreme and, sports. And extreme sports. So they're like, oh, people like that? We'll just do more extreme sports mm-hmm. and, you know, shoot it in more crazy, ridiculous ways. And that's not why Point Break is interesting. And I right. think it, it factors in the fact that Bodhi is interesting and Keanu and their relationship is interesting. And that's what keeps the movie, um, you know, compelling. And, and the fact that also that, you know, yeah, they're doing extreme sports, but they're not doing things that are so ridiculous Right. Like, out of the, like surfing is a pretty common activity. It's mm-hmm. not like right, right. Uh, like if you look at the trailers for the freaking New Point Break movie, they're like using squirrel suits to oh, land dude, on top it of looks mountains. Absurd. Yeah, it's well, I would argue, just... I would I would argue that the ability to uh, put cameras, the GoPros and sports cameras or whatever, the ability to film a lot of the stuff has pushed people to want to do things that are even crazier, so they can show that kind of thing off. And I would say that point. The, the newer point break is probably uh, you know an illustration of how you know they thought that was the interesting thing to put in the movie well so let's see how out there we can really get with the um, the stunt work and uh, you know the the adrenaline stuff the X games type you know action um, you know where point break I think is is more interested in or at least it it tries to be more interested in the philosophy of you know, uh, of these kind of hippie dudes that, you know, that yeah. really believe that uh, what they're doing is, is uh, you know, they're setting themselves free, you know, they're, they're, they're setting an example. Right. And, A holistic uh, way of living. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's... it's I feel like it's, I remember the newer, I think a little bit of the newer point break, uh, Edgar Ramirez is... Is the new Bodhi. Is, is the new Bodhi. He's a very good actor, and I think they were trying some of the same kind of stuff with him, but... You know, the problem is they took it very seriously. I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's also I, I just... think I, it's, it's the sign of a good director when they develop their characters. They figure out the motivation behind the characters and they give that those characters life. And I feel like you know, when you have a good director at the helm, you can you can get that out of an action movie. You can find that character stuff. You can find that 
you know, the the heart of the story there. I think it's also Point Break has, is over time become. Uh, I don't know if it was really that well received at the time that it came out. No, it was a it was a you know it was mediocre it, it, to bad reviews. Right, and, but it was financially successful based. You know, it was a low, relatively low budget movie. It actually came out the same. Apparently, it came out the same uh, summer as Terminator Two. So she was, and, and Catherine Bigelow was married to James Cameron mm-hmm. uh, at the time. So it, it, maybe this has. This is probably the only husband-wife uh, duo to have films in the top ten. I mean, can you think of any other husband-wife? <laughs> husband-wife. I can't think of that many husband-and-wife directors, right? Uh, that you know both direct movies. Right. Uh, I can think of sibling, you know, like Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall, but sure. that I can't think of any. The Wachowski uh, siblings, sure. Uh, yeah, well, siblings. I, I said. <laughs> oh, the siblings. Coen brothers. I mean, guys, this is easy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sim- siblings. That's right. They're married. I was also going to say. Other. I think it also. Um, yeah, the Coen brothers are married <laughs> to each other. No, I, I was going to say that uh, thinking about directors that like siblings, but didn't work on the same movie. Like the Coen brothers work on the same movies together. Um, they're like the, they're like a pair. But I'm talking about just have separate careers. I, right. Yeah. No, I was I was being an ass. That's fine. Um, I never do that usually. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think Point Break is one of those films that kind of exists in this weird time in the early 90s where there's there's definitely a veneer of cheesiness and badness that overlays it. But if you get like – it's like that's the frosting of the movie. But if you mm-hmm. like dig down deep, there's like something like uh, you know you get through all that, you get to the cake. Well, like Here's Dave a- mentioned, like like you have you have Top Gun, and I was expecting Top Gun. Top Gun is corny, and there's not a lot there to really work with. And I think here there's a there's a little bit more depth. Here's something I appreciated about this movie is that Catherine Bigelow knows how to set, uh, how, she knows how to foreshadow things pretty well. I would say, like the scene where they're about to break into uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers house. <laughs> Let's just call it that. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> there's a lawnmower outside, right? And right. So it's, you know, weird. yeah. It's like, it's a it's a weird lawn. It's like a push mower, but somehow it's also mechanical. You know, it's it like is a, a weird it's ass like, lawn. It's, it's a weird lawn mower, but she sets it up, and you think that maybe it's just going to be like, like the purpose of that lawnmower is just going to be a distraction. Like the noise, the noise is, is supposed yeah. to distract them, but no, it's Chekhov's lawnmower, right? <laughs> eventually, eventually, there's a fight on the lawn. They roll around. Someone's face is going to get you know shoved in that llama or you're gonna think someone's face you know they set it up so the suspense builds up and i don't well, think, think of that think of that economy like of being able to use the same object for setting a scene of just like a you know suburban neighborhood plot device in so far as it blocks the sound and it screws up the entire the raid and then the third is like it's almost like it, it almost kills me it becomes like an obstacle and i i mean <laughs> i don't know if that's something that's written in the script in detail or if that's something that the director decides oh hey you know, we can use this again. What if we use it again and, and do that? Like in the fight, it goes into the yard and you can, and it, it creates a really nice sense of like claustrophobia too, of like the fact that this fight is happening right on the other side of some bamboo into some dude's, like some of his front yard. <laughs> I also like, appreciated that the scene ends with Tom Sizemore popping up as a yeah. uh, undercover agent. He's one of my favorite 90s actors. Like, yeah, in, in, the, the thing about that sequence though is holy crap, does it go, does it escalate quickly? <laughs> like it, it is amazing yeah. to me that they happen to just stumble upon drug smuggling, arms dealing surfers in addition to like the other gang, they, you know, they're not the bank robbing surfing gang. They're just the drug smuggling arms dealing uh, gang. I mean, they're a bunch of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know how good of surfers they are. They're just kind of a bunch of punks. And I think I, that, that didn't seem like that was too much of like, oh, okay, it just happens to be. 
Well, it goes very quickly into people like blowing up and getting shot. Like it goes stabbed crazy. in the back. Yeah, right. Stabbed then, from a nude woman in the back. Well, I mean, the, uh, you know, it's uh, obligatory TNA uh, for this kind yeah. of movie, and the, this is where the scene is. You got you got both a woman in a thong and woman in a shower in the same sequence. The, you know, for it being obligatory, you don't really see a whole lot. Oh no! Like, I mean, it's not like there's no love scene in this movie that's meant to titillate. You know, no, not really. Uh, which is, I guess, refreshing. There's I don't no know. licking yeah. of the necks like in Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> There's no neck licking. Uh, which you would think that Keanu Reeves would really want to do some neck licking with. Like, hey, I, I saw know. something in Top Gun. I'd really like to try out some like neck licking. <laughs> uh, good impression. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good actually. Not, not bad. I. That's am, him. He's here. I didn't do that. I am an FBI agent. Yeah, it's just. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, get, I get the feeling that had Patrick Swayze not died, they might have done like one of these, not reboots, but like a, uh, a sequel. Where Bodie movie. was still alive at the end? <laughs> where, I kind of like this. I like, yeah, I can see that happening because they never uh, show him. You know, what do you, you guys think of the ending where the, he just lets... I think you know, that's awesome. I think that because yeah. I think I think first off, it's ridiculous. It makes no logical sense. Right. That being said, I think it's super cool that they shot in these giant waves. Like they had to go somewhere. Right. That wasn't yeah. like a CGI wave. They went to somewhere oh, and yeah. shot these amazingly huge waves and got a guy on a surfboard to go out there. Yeah. That that's super cool. And there's something about like the immediacy and like the realness of that that's really cool. Yeah. I think that the fight sequence is kind of dumb between them and Keanu's. Uh, Explanation, ex- exposition about what happened between, uh, you know, the, you know, Bodie leaving and then him tracking him down is really bad. But yeah. I like this image of this guy who's always going for the ultimate, dying, go, you know, doing the ultimate. I think that's kind of hey, cool. Hey, hey, man, you look, 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 if you want to do the ultimate, you got to pay the ultimate price. Yeah, man. Is he actually allowed to arrest him in Australia? Does, oh, yeah, because the FBI is, all, uh, is not a... Uh, a foreign agency? Yeah, I, I never quite understood how they're able to actually just, you know, you know, why doesn't he say, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bringing, you got nothing can't bring them on charges in Australia. International waters. I guess he could be on the, uh, you know, international most wanted list, I suppose. But he only killed one person, at least in the movie. I mean, that's bad, obviously, but. <laughs> and robbed several <laughs> dozen. And, and robbed banks. 32 banks. Yeah, that's bad, too. <laughs> that's another thing that's nuts. 32 banks seems like an excessive amount. Like, you would think that... I think that the uh, the movie should have been like, oh, they robbed like 10 banks. Maybe. 32 banks? Does anyone ever rob 32 banks that wasn't in the wild, wild west? Like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess if you go all over the world, I suppose. Or, or did they only rob banks in the United States? I, <laughs> they only, I don't remember. <laughs> you can rob... Uh, I think Yeah, they only rob banks in the United States, right? They It was only a California thing, right? I don't know. I mean, I can't remember. How, like, we did Road to Perdition. That was a bank robbery. Uh, there was a lot of bank robberies in that one. Like, uh, I guess, but that's not based on a true story. No. It, no wait. No, there was this. <laughs> wait. No. Point Break is based on a true story, right? No. I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, well, well played, sir. You had And, the, and the twist was that this. <laughs> what? You didn't hear about the ex-presidents that robbed a bunch of banks in the early 90s? What? No. Um, so, I guess, final thoughts on Point Break, guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of movie that I would say it's worth seeing. You know, it's wor- it's definitely at least worth seeing once. Hey, uh, I don't know if I'd actually consider guys, it a classic. Go I would consider I would I would classify it as a cult classic, not a classic film. Oh, of course, and, yes, and I yes. and I think it's fine to classify it that way. Hey, here's a question: yeah. What does uh, this movie and the other movie, Gross Point Blank, have in common? Nothing. 
no way. That's point that's, blank. So is it gross point, point, point is a location, and then gross point, point is a place, is the, and point blank, it's a like he's a hitman. So gross point, point break. Right. It's okay. also a good movie, actually. That we should. Oh, sorry. It's gross point blank. Oh, blank, God. not break. Gross point. I point. said that too. I think I. Yeah, you said it. You just <laughs> there, there's a movie called Point Blank that stars Lee Marvin. <laughs> I think. And there's a point. There's Point Break, which is this one. There's Gross Point Blank. Which is a point bank, which is all about it's all about the bank robbers before they get robbed. It's like what's going on in each branch that yes. they hit. You could just have a point trilogy and uh, <laughs> see where it goes. Point trilogy uh, night. But was, uh, was maybe we'll get a Johnny. Maybe Keanu Reeves will play Johnny Utah again. Yeah, the return years. of Johnny Utah. The return of I like, You know, the like, original title of this movie was Johnny Utah, like kind of like Jason Bourne was the you know. They just went with Jason Bourne as a title. And the thing is, like, John Utah. They could do John work. Utah. It's got to be Johnny Utah. Wait, they've already done John Wick, so John, it would be weird to have Johnny John, Utah. It would be weird to have Johnny Wick. Johnny, it would be Johnny Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny um, sounds more like a football player than John, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Tom Sizemore as DA Agent Dietz, uncredited. And he's he uncredited never, in the movie. That's amazing. But it's, yeah, he's, he's one of those. It's so he was obvious like, it's yeah, Tom Sizemore. I don't want anything to do with this. Just give me my paycheck. Please don't put my name on it. <laughs> and he wasn't that famous at the time, but uh, you know, he's got a pretty unique. <laughs> he kind of, you know, quality uh, too. He kind of reminds me of Bradley Cooper. Did you did you get that vibe at all from him in that scene? When he was younger? Uh, I guess. I guess. Like, before like, he, before like he got, a mean, like a meaner Bradley Cooper. <laughs> you no, know, before he got old and disgusting. You know, he was still youthful. Wait, are we talking about Bradley Cooper? Being no, 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 no. Bradley Cooper is a beautiful <laughs> specimen. I'm talking about Tom Sizemore. Oh, how dare you, yeah. Tom? How well, dare you say Tom, that about Bradley Cooper? What did I say? Poor Tom, Dave. Yeah, well, poor Tom Sizemore. He uh, went off the deep end, didn't he, with Heidi, Fle- Heidi Fleiss? Is that what uh, happened? He got, that seems right. Right? He was uh, the guy who was involved with her. Anyway, whatever. Right. Good actor. <laughs> at least he, was, at least he was, in, was in the 90s. Uh, yeah. They and were, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Catherine Bigelow's next movie, Strange Days. He played a cop in, or something in that, in that movie. There you uh, go. Maybe he's just a Bigelow fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, or she is a Sizemore fan. There you go. They're fans uh, of each other. Dave, where can uh, people uh, find you <laughs> on the internet? Where can, they, where can we find uh, me on the internet? Uh, Dave Glanz on Twitter, G-L-A-N-C, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. And Mike, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mike Morandi and at my website at MikeMorandi.com. And I am Ivan Kander at Twitter at Ivan Kander. That's K-A-N-D-E-R, Lucky9Studios.com, and I write and edit for the website ShorterTheWeek.com. Dave, what are we watching next time? All the President's Men. Very appropriate. Yeah, we actually All the Men's. For those of you listening 30 years from now, uh, in this post-apocalyptic wasteland called the United States. Um, in that case, I don't think we're the only podcast that makes it, Dave. I'm sorry. I think we're the, I think <laughs> we are we're the only the, podcast we're, we're, that makes it. We're, I think we're the first to be deleted. I think we, we uh, you we, know, it's going to be, uh, it, it'll be us right. and Mark Maron. That'll okay. be the only ones that right. make it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Future dystopia, authoritarian state that is the United States when you read the textbooks about... Uh, what do you mean the future? We're there, man. We're there now. Uh, what are yeah. you talking right, guess, about? Yeah, we're living in the uh, future, in that dystopian present. But I'm excited. I haven't seen that movie in quite a quite a long time. And you know, it's funny. Uh, when did All the President's Men come out? It was the year I was born, 1976. So, oh my God, you are ancient. But I know. Isn't that uh, isn't that kind of crazy? 1776, man. I feel like the gap between. Um, 
the actual Watergate scandal and that movie coming out isn't that long. Like it no. feels, it, it feels, it must have been very topical when that movie came out at the time. So that's interesting. Anyway, we will be watching that uh, much lauded picture on our next episode. If you want to find us on the web, uh, you can do so at reviewedpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via iTunes. Um, you know, Mike, can you lead us out with a little uh, via con Dios? Via con Dios. Man. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Dude. Dude. Oh, Dude. Yeah, I'm an FBI. Can you, can you give me Boy, an FBI? Can, can, you, can you give me agent. the FBI agent line, Mike, real quickly in the counter voice? I'm an FBI <laughs> agent. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's, I mean, it's not, not far off. It's not bad. All right. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>